listening to PetLifeRadio.com. This episode of Animal Party is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download at audiblepodcast.com forward slash Animal Party. Over 75,000 titles to choose from for your iPod or MP3 player. Hello! Welcome to the Animal Party with Deborah Wolf on Pet Life Radio. It's good to be back and it's good to be doing a show today. I'm solo today, flying solo, interviewing myself. So that means I get to decide everything we talk about today, which is great for me. It's been a while since I've been on air and uh, we have a ton of news. So I'm going to start with the juicy bits. I'm going to talk about Pamela Anderson and yes, she has juicy bits. I'm going to talk about her, but I'm not going to talk about her right away. I'm going to talk about her right when we come back from the sponsors. In the meantime, I'll tell you that there's been a lot of news about the rodeo. And that kind of makes me think of Pamela Anderson also, because two or three years ago, she was a big part of a protest here, which changed the Cloverdale Rodeo, which is the one outside Vancouver, and made them take out, in, in a response to public pressure, they took out all the events that were timed with babies and a couple other events where there were high casualties. So there are people in the rodeo world that think it's an emasculated rodeo and that it's a shame that these changes happen. But there are lots of people in the public who think it's a good thing because there will be less death and less injury and less trauma to baby animals at the Cloverdale Rodeo. And the sales of the tickets show that it's it was a good decision for the rodeo, even though perhaps the diehard rodeo people are not as thrilled by the way it's turned out. Now, I wonder if the stampede's going to go the same way because last weekend... North America's largest rodeo, the Calgary Stampede, was on, and they actually had terrible weather, and they did, to their credit, stop the chuck wagon races for the first time since the 1920s because of the poor track conditions. But before that happened, four horses were killed, and two others total during the stampede. Most years, none are killed. So six horses died, and a rider was injured, and there's a lot of talk of changes to the rodeo world right now and I think you're going to hear more about it so I just wanted to make you aware that that's been happening in the news and Pamela Anderson took a picture of herself for PETA and it was supposed to be all over bus stops and you know basically everywhere in Montreal right now there's the Montreal Comedy Festival and so the streets are alive with people pulling gags and film crews and live concerts and live entertainment things and everything's just very exciting there and so she was supposed to be in a bikini plastered all over the place to make her message known for PETA and that didn't happen so I want to go to commercial break we're just going to hear some words from our sponsors and then we're going to come back to the party And I'm going to tell you about Pamela Anderson and what's going on with her. But I'm also going to tell you some things I want to tell you for the summer. How to stay safe. How to be good to your pets during the summer. What you need to know about the heat and water and trucks and cars and bugs. And first aid and opening up the cottage or cabin for the first time. Stuff you really need to know to have a safe vacation and a safe summer. And I'm also going to tell you, just in case you're a surfer or a swimmer who likes the ocean... Try and guess what you think the moon has to do with being safe from sharks. I'll tell you before the end of the show. Okay, so we'll be back from our sponsors in just a few minutes. Stay tuned to the party. And don't be tardy for this party. Don't 
leave this party before it's over because the best is yet to come. Only losers leave the party early anyway. Party on. Back in a few. Hey, boy. How you doing? <coughs> What am I doing? <coughs> I'm creating your own life book. It's a website that's just for you. Remember that picture I took of you pulling off Lisa's bathing suit? <laughs> yeah, I know. Me too. I'm putting that awesome picture on your lifebook page. We'll see what comments we get. And that great video we took of you standing on the table with your head inside the turkey? That's definitely going on there. <coughs> no, it's easy. It only took me two minutes to set up your page. I chose a great theme, and I can connect with millions of other pet parents. I can also create a memorial lifebook. <coughs> No, not for Grandma, but we can make one for Fluffy, remember her? And we can even put links to our favorite pet charity. And friends can make donations. People can create their own life book for their pets by going to PetLifeRadio.LivingYearsPets.com or they can sign up on the Pet Life Radio homepage. <coughs> Where's Lisa? She's outside by the pool. Hey, come back here! Create your own life book for your pet. PetLifeRadio.LivingYearsPets.com School's in session on Pet Life Radio with Teacher's Pet. Learn how to communicate with your pet, train your pet, and see the world from your pet's point of view. You may even learn a few tricks yourself. Teacher's Pet, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. You're, you're, you're inside the VIP room. With the hottest party in town. Back to the party. Let's go. Hello. Welcome back to Animal Party with Deborah Wolf. And normally now I tell you all about my guests. So I will tell you all about myself. I'm a best-selling author, and I write uh, newspaper columns. I'm an award-winning radio host, including an award for a show on this network, where I interviewed Stanley Corn last year, and we did two shows on the intelligence of dogs. So if you want to hear award-winning radio, you're listening to it right now. And I have a new DVD out. You can order it online. It's Dog Training That Works with Deborah Wolf, and it's got bloopers on there, Dogs Gone Wild bloopers, that you can see free just by going to my website, campgooddog.com, which is a good place to go if you want to hear radio, pet radio, but also if you want to send me questions or problems you want me to talk about on the air, please put the subject heading so I recognize it. Put the subject heading animal party and then uh, dog problem or a cat problem and then I'll, I'll uh, answer you right away with an email, but I'll also keep what I answer and your question to do on the air so you can listen to it later. All right, so don't be tardy for this party. That comes from the Real Housewives of Atlanta, and uh, I, I got that, and I thought, ooh, that's a good lyric for my show. I'm going to keep that one. All right, so we're back at the party, and I was telling you about Pamela Anderson. Now, she's a longtime friend of animals and PETA's supporter, and every once in a while, she uses her celebrity weight to make a big statement, and so that's what she did, and she let them take a picture of her in a bikini, and it's not a terribly provocative pose, I've got to say. It's just a normal kind of pose that you see models in all the time or that you would maybe have on the beach if you were normally looking at the sun, but instead she's looking to camera. And if you wanted to see it yourself, you could just Google it and look it up. Pamela Anderson, PETA, maybe type in July 2010 poster or something like that, or Montreal, and you'd probably get a look at it. But she says, you know, she did it because she wants people to understand 
about animals. And the people in Montreal, the government in Montreal is saying this poster cannot be displayed in public places, that it's sexist, that it offends women. And what it is is her sitting there like this, looking very beautiful, with zigzag lines all over her body, marking off the sections of her body, just the way a cow or a lamb or a sheep or a pig would be marked. It's, you know, one line above her ankle, and then it says feet, and another line above her knee, and there it says leg, and round, and rump, and ribs, and breast, and shoulder. Now, none of her privates are showing. This is not a very provocative picture, to my mind. And um, it's interesting that they've decided to not allow this. So public places like restaurants are agreeing to show it. So you can see it, and you certainly can see it online. She says that she did it because she wants people to know about the sisters under the skin, the most exploited animals in the meat business, the females. And when I read that, I was really puzzled by that, and I want to have her on my show. I would love it if she contacted me because I would love to talk with her. I'd love her to come to this party and tell me everything she wants to tell me about animals and what she believes, including this, Sisters Under the Skin. Because it used to be that when I thought ahead and thought, well, okay, if I were to die and come back as an animal, what animal would I want to be? No matter what species it was, I usually came up with the idea that a female was better. If it's in the wild, the males fight a lot, they live alone a lot, they die young, they don't have nearly the lifespan of the females, and they don't have the community of the females, at least in many species, in the pack species and the herd species, the species I most identify with and hope if I'm going to come back as an animal that that would be it. But, and then when I think of captivity, the males are often slaughtered young. That's what you eat when you eat veal. That's what you, you know. The females are often kept to brood the next generation and also for their milk. But perhaps what she's saying here is that she'd rather be killed young than live a life of exploitation. It's very interesting, this whole idea. And I would really, really like to have her on the show and come to the party. And I'll let her talk about her own pets if she wants. Anything animal is game on this show. So hopefully... Pamela Anderson will agree to come on the show and give me, give me an email herself. All right, so whatever the case, it is being talked about all over the place. It's getting a ton of publicity, and so it was effective. And when I think of this, I think, you know, the one comment they're saying that, that it's sexist and that's why she can't do it, perhaps if they took a male model and did the same thing to him and put him beside her, then they would be forced to display the poster because how could it be sexist if both male and female are shown in a way that displays them as animals to give a point that I think is actually clearly made by this. And I would, again, be skeptical of who's canning this. I think the, the people behind saying no to this are perhaps in the meat industry and not the feminists <laughs> that uh, they're pointing to. Okay, so that was a big item in the news. And the rodeo was a big item in the news. And now, before I give you your summer safety tips, including a skunk remedy... If you've ever had a cat or dog sprayed by a skunk, you know how bad it is, and it won't come out. And you wash it, and you wash it, and you wash it, and you soak it in tomato juice, and you wash it some more, and you send it to the groomer if you're lucky, and they take it, and then they send it back with a note, please don't do that again. And they, <laughs> but it's cleaner. But every time, every time you wash it, it seems, you know, months later, it seems to get stronger, that smell, and every place it lays down, and you don't want to wash its bedding with your bedding because it just stinks like skunk. Well... I do have a solution for you. Now, it's not foolproof, but for years, people have been using tomato juice, tomato paste, tomato sauce, tomatoes, and that works. Give that a go. Get the camera. Get the movie camera. It's going to be funny. Your dog covered in red goo looking forlorn is pretty funny, especially when he shakes and is covered on whoever's 
you've gotten to do it <laughs> so you can take the picture. Maybe your kids, maybe your wife, they're going to look good in tomatoes. But, um, but also coffee works, coffee grounds. You know how sometimes the coffee shops will have like a giant bag at the front for you to take home to your garden? Grab one of those, <laughs> make, make like a soup and then kind of stick it on the dog and make him sit like that. And be really careful this isn't going in their eyes because these products are working because they're acidic. Okay, and even though they're sort of organic, you know, tomatoes are grown and coffee is grown, still, it's not meant to go in your dog's eyes or ears or mouth or nose. So be real careful. The head, you're going to have to, you're going to have to deal with the smell. If your dog is the kind of dog that can be cut short, clipped short, don't go too short. At least leave him a quarter inch so he's protected from the sun, but go short. And then a month or two from now, you can do it again and you'll have cut off all that stinky hair. So if you do have that kind of a dog, maybe a bearded collie or a standard poodle or a schnauzer, it's time for a haircut. (laughs) Okay. And um, all right. Now, the new solution, which Caroline Coyle gave me, Caroline Coyle, PhD, author of Why Do Dogs Like Balls? She gave me this one. The new one that they're using now is you take a quart of 3% hydrogen peroxide and you mix it with a quarter cup baking soda and one to two teaspoons dish soap. You mix that all up and then you you do that on the treatment. Now I would try all of these things. You're going to need it. So okay I had a couple of questions. Why does my dog, this was an email sent in, why does my dog continue to go for skunks even though he's been skunked? And this guy shows me a picture. He sends a picture and the dog's dripping, like really dripping. He must have used his phone because it's a liquid, but it's a thick, musky liquid. It's really quite something. Anyhow, it's nature's, it's nature's ultimate stink weapon, nature's ultimate stink bomb. So, <laughs> so, uh, so why does your dog keep doing it? Because each time it happens, he gets more angry at the fact that this is happening and more able to locate and track the smell. It's not really deterring him. So what's the solution he, he wants to know? The solution is the second you smell it at all, keep your dog on a leash. If there are areas you know are frequented by skunks, like open dumpsters, areas behind restaurants, places where people feed them, birdseed is a big draw, then leash your dog in those areas. It's so much better <laughs> than the alternative. <laughs> okay, so I want to give you some more smart summer tips, and I'm going to do that as we go. But first I want to talk to you about relationships. And again, I'm going to remind you, the question of the day is, when is it safest to swim if uh, what you're afraid of is uh, sharks? What's that got to do with the moon? All right, we'll come up with that soon. So what can we learn about relationships from our pets? Well, I've noticed over the years that many people have this idea that dogs and cats are unconditional love givers. And I really don't think that's true. I don't see that at all. That's not what I see in my practice, and it's not what I see in my life. Years and years ago, had a relationship with a guy who was kind of neglectful of his dog. The dog had been dumped on him. He worked long hours, didn't really care for it. He lived in a house with a bunch of other people, and he sort of expected everybody to pitch in, but nobody really was. So sometimes the dog got fed, and sometimes it didn't. Sometimes it got walked, sometimes it didn't. dog was a very independent soul, but he wasn't really taken care of. Then I started dating the guy, and I was in a situation where I was dogless in a new place with trails like I'd never seen before in my life, trails through forest and beaches and all marked and mapped and just like a jogger's dream. And I like to run 10K, so this was just so exciting for me. I also like to cycle. I mean, it was great, but it was scary. I wasn't going to go in the woods alone. I wasn't going to go on the beach alone. I wasn't going to go anywhere alone like that, a woman alone in a strange city. I'm not <laughs> insane, <laughs> But I didn't know anyone to ask, and I didn't really want to compromise my pace, my direction, my destination, when I go, when I don't go, what I do, how fast I go, 
to someone else's whim. So I met this guy, I met this dog, and right away I started, you know, picking him up and the dog, <laughs> not the guy, <laughs> and taking him out for walks and runs. And soon we just went everywhere. We run and jog. And okay, so when we broke up, me and the guy, the dog started escaping and coming to my house. And this kept happening and happening. And finally the guy, exasperated, gave the dog away to a place that was so far away and still. I mean far away, like an hour drive, 45-minute drive, and still the dog somehow escaped, swam this huge river, or we don't know how he traversed it, actually. Giant traffic bridge like the bridge in um, San Francisco. You know, maybe he hitched a ride. Maybe he walked the bridge at night on the sidewalk. Maybe he went through the river. We don't know. But somehow he made it home a few days later, and that's the only... I, I saw him show up at my driveway in the morning. I opened my door to go to work, and there he was on my doorstep, and I called my ex and said, what's he doing here? And he said, I don't know. He's... I drove him really far this time. I gave him away to a friend's dad. So in the end, the dog chose me. And he didn't do that just because. He did that because I was meeting his needs. And I think in a lot of ways, we don't get that. Another thing that I noticed when I read this study, and I'm going to read it to you in a second, and that rang true for me, is that they talk about how people accept pets for how they are. And I really noticed that. When I go around touring and I you know, take questions on the microphone and people put up their hand and they have this dog at their feet trembling and whittling itself or, or attacking everything in sight with a muzzle on or yanking their arm off trying to jump up on them and everybody else and steal food and you know and they get on the mic and they say my dog Angel is so great and we love her so much and she's so perfect and they go on and on and on about how great she is and then and I'm always waiting for this but <laughs> here it comes. And then they tell me what she, you know, what the reality is, okay? <laughs> she barks at everybody, hates people, won't listen, you know, destroys the house, pees inside, like you name it, right? And it'll be one of these. So I think that's really funny. If, if our spouse or our child was like that, we would never be so accepting. And so that's what this study shows. I'm just going to highlight a little bit of it and then... Uh, Go to the commercial. We'll come back for the rest, and then I'm going to give you your summer safety tips. So it's by Suzanne Phillips and Diane Kane, and they did this research and studies, and what they came up with is that most pets are loved in a way that makes us minimize or even deny the reality that they definitely have demands we simply accept. Some will only eat certain food. Many wake people in the middle of the night. Most get sick on the rug. Some eat furniture, and a vast majority end up on the bed, no matter what anyone says. <laughs> so, and they talk about how people, when they go into counseling, they say things like, I only wish she was as affectionate with me as with our dog. Or another one, you should hear him speak to this animal. He never speaks to me that way. Okay, so... You get what you give is the conclusion of the study. And what they're saying is with animals, we have a different attitude. For example, when we greet our animals, no matter how you feel or what mood you're in, you always greet your pet. Big hello, lots of display, affection, touch, attention. Okay, when does that happen for your boyfriend, your girlfriend, your husband, your wife? Not. It doesn't. It just doesn't. Once in a while, maybe on your anniversary, perhaps. <laughs> okay, so... But, you know, part of that is, is the fact that no matter what you're doing, no matter what's happened before, you know the pet's in that mode too. The second they see you, they're not going to say, hey, did you pay the hydro bill? Or did you pick up the milk? They're going to greet you too. So it's a mutual thing. So we have to all try this. Okay, so the next one is expectations. We don't expect very much from them, right? If, uh, whereas with people, we sure do. So 
It says with, with pets, maybe it's your lack of expectation that makes the difference. You probably rarely predict that your pet will be angry if you are late. As a result, you don't head home defensively angry in preparation for the reaction you expect to face. That's right. You head home going, oh, he's going to really want to see me now. He's going to be so excited to see me. You don't say, oh, he's going to be mad at me. <laughs> All right. Unless you're really late. And then you probably accept that because it's your pet. Okay. So holding grudges. We forgive pets. We come home and we see that the dog's whittled and we know we're late and we go, well, you know what? It's my fault I was late. We don't go, you did that because you're mad at me because I wasn't talking to your mother nicely last week. <laughs> so, so, yeah, so what they say here is when you do return home to find that your cats have redirected the room with shreds of every tissue they could find or the dog has eaten some of the mail, you may well react with a choice expletive, but you are not likely to hold a grudge. You are still going to be petting and talking to Thor the next day. Okay. So assuming the best with pets, there's a natural tendency to forgive pets their trespasses. After all, the dog wasn't torture you, wasn't trying to torture you by eating the mail. And you understand that. But with people, we don't give them that kind of benefit of the doubt. And then acceptance. And this is really a tricky one. I'm going to come back to this after the break. And then we'll do all our summer safety tips. This one's a bit, a bit weird. It's a bit hard to figure out on this one. So we'll come back and we'll talk about acceptance. The one other thing we can copy from the way we act with our pets to make our boyfriends and girlfriends and kids love us more, get along better. All right. And then I'm going to tell you how to keep everybody safe and happy this summer. So stay tuned. We're off to commercials and then come back to this party. We'll party hardy right after the break. Because the best is yet to come. Stick around. Hey, love to read, but just never seem to have enough time to sit in one place long enough? For all of us on-the-go people, Audible has the answer. Best-selling audiobooks for your iPod or MP3 player. For Pet Life Radio listeners, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 14-day trial to give you a chance to check out their service. Choose from hundreds of today's bestsellers, including awesome pet books, such as Bad Dogs Have More Fun by Marley and Me author John Grogan, Love That Cat by Ingrid Newkirk, It's Okay to Miss the Bed on the First Jump, and Other Life Lessons I Learned from Dogs by Seinfeld's John O'Hurley, and many, many more. To download your free audiobook today, go to audiblepodcast.com forward slash animal party. Again, that's audiblepodcast.com forward slash animal party for your free audiobook. Greetings, human. What planet am I on? Welcome to Pet Planet. Here's a copy of Pet Planet Magazine, Florida's most informative and fun pet resource magazine. It features heartwarming stories and informative articles from local and national pet experts. Excellent. Pet Planet Magazine offers Operation Planet Rescue, helping rescued pets find new homes. And it's available at 500 locations in South and Central Florida and 24-7 on the Internet at PetPlanetMagazine.com. If you're out and about with your pet, you may be featured in Paparazzi, Candid Pictures of You and Your Pet. For up-to-date pet-friendly events, activities, and pet-related services and products, Pet Planet Magazine is your final destination. I shall take this magazine home with me. Back to your home planet? No, to my condo in Boca. Pet Planet Magazine. Check them out at www.petplanetmagazine.com or 352-394-8578. It's out of this world. 
Hi, this is Marcy Davis and my service dog, Whistle, and we're your hosts of Working Like Dogs on Pet Life Radio. Working Like Dogs is the show where you can learn everything you ever wanted to know about working animals or working dogs. Whether you're a member of a working dog team or you've just seen a working dog or animal out at the mall or the grocery store and you're curious about how these amazing animals work with their human partners, then Working Like Dogs is the show for you. Join us for the inside scoop at Working Like Dogs on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's Talk Pets. Let's Talk Pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. You're, you're, you're inside the VIP room. With the hottest party in town. Back to the party. Let's go. Hello. Welcome back to the Animal Party with Deborah Wolf. I'm the host and the guest today. So I get to decide everything we talk about. And that means we're going to finish up this list of psychological things we can learn from how we act with our animals to adapt to make the people who love us just love us more. So here we go. The last thing is acceptance. Now, most of the time, and this is what it's saying, I'll, I'll read it to you in a second, but most of the time, if our kid misbehaves at a restaurant, we're pretty embarrassed about that. Or if our spouse is maybe not dressed the way we think they ought to be at a certain event, we're mortified by that. That's really a reflection on us. And that's what this one is about. Okay, so it says, few pet owners personalize their pet's reactions to others to an extreme that makes them so embarrassed that they fear their image is tarnished or they become resentful of their pets. The fact that the dog is licking every part of the arriving guest's body is caused to pull them away or laugh it away. The cat that will not come out of hiding or the parrot that is screeching is left without judgment or excuses. That's them. And I think that's interesting. If we could accept each other, you know, say you have a kid, girl or boy, who's not an extrovert. You got to stop struggling to make them an extrovert just because you are. For example, that would be a similar example. Okay. So, so we talked about that. Now I'm going to get into the summer topics because it's hot out there. It's summertime and y'all need to know what to do. So big thing, big dangers. I'm going to list them and go through them. And there's just so many things to think about in the summer. First thing I want to highlight, though, is a man drowned trying to save his dog. Happened again. That same river I told you that dog crossed to get to me. Huge river here in Vancouver called the Fraser. Just a huge, enormous river. It drowned a man in his 20s who was trying to save his dog last Thursday. So if your dog goes in the water and you think it's in distress, you need to run downstream on the bank and call it. Big mistake people do is they're upstream. So the dog has to swim against the current and it can't. It doesn't know if it hasn't been to the river many times, if it hasn't sussed out the current in weaker parts with a leash on it, with you showing it properly how to figure this out. If it isn't a water dog and it doesn't have a lot of water experience, it's not going to know this. So you standing there calling it against the current is going to make it actually try to do the impossible. And the same is true of your family. If you've got a whole group of people standing there on the bank calling it, run so that the dog will drift towards you and with a minimum of swimming can just get to the bank and be ready to catch him. Be secure. Have towels ready. Be ready because it's going to be fast. It's going to be hard to grab, really hard to grab. So if you're boating with your dogs this summer, if you're boating anytime, put a life jacket on them. It seems like a silly thing, okay? It's, it does. Like, why would my dog need a life jacket? He can swim, can't he? Well, yeah, but so can people. We wear them because if you get bashed in the head with a mask or you have a seizure or something, if you have an accident 
everybody's going to get hit and hurt and unconscious or semi-conscious and the dog's going to sink. So what you really need is a life jacket, the kind with the handle on the back that's specially made for pets. Then no matter what happens, you can just use a pole. Anybody can rescue your dog with a pole. Just loop it in the loop and lift him onto shore and at least he's not going to be lost at sea when everything else is happening. And, you know, even though I'm going to go through some more safety tips for the hot weather, while we're on this, I'm going to touch on the car safety. Because a lot of people think their dog's safe in the front seat beside them. And he's not. He's not safe in the back of a truck either. There are products you can buy, seat belts, that are safe. So if you want your dog beside you, go for it. But then get the seat belt. Because without it, if you stop hard, your dog's going through the window. And even a tiny little fender bender is going to kill your dog and maybe somebody else. He can go flying across, even if he's 10 or 20 pounds. When you get the momentum behind him, it's more like 100. And if he is 100 pounds... It's too much for a person to endure from impact. He's going to break their neck when he hits them on the other side. So you really have to think about this. There have been some horrible accidents. I don't want to see dogs in the back of trucks anymore, and I don't want to see them loose inside vehicles. They should be in the back somewhere, nicely secured. Or if you want to ride with them like a person, then get them a seatbelt. If you really want to go all the way with that shtick that they're a person who deserves a seat beside you, well, then they deserve a seatbelt too. Okay? (laughs) Oh, go for that. All right. So on the topic of cars, I also want to say the back of the truck is deceptive. The dog looks like he's having a good time because the wind and the breeze make him feel good. But he's hot. He's fully exposed to the sun and the heat. So he's degrees away from sunstroke. Now, he's not as bad off as a dog locked in a hot car, even with the window cracked. That dog's way worse off. But it's close. It's neck and neck competition. And if a dog drives around like that all summer long, then most days he has sunstroke. Most days he's suffering from heat stroke and dehydration. And I don't understand why people do that. If you're going to be out and you can't guarantee your pet will be in shade, if you want to go to the beach, don't take your pet. Because most of them, dogs and cats by nature, would not go out in the heat of day to open areas. That's just not the way they are. If it was really, really hot, a cat would go out at night only. And and dusk and dawn. And for dogs, they might go out during the day, probably not between, say, 10 and 2 or 12 and 4, depending on where you live, the hottest times. But when they went out, they would stick to the shadows. They'd be in the bush and the brush and the semi-wooded areas and the thickly wooded areas and the creeks. They'd be swimming. They'd be wet. They would not go sit and suntan on the beach. (laughs) So you really have to think about whether your vacation idea is so great for your pet. Now, maybe your dog loves to swim, so the beach is a good idea, but then you need a sun umbrella, something you can poke in the sand, and you need lots of extra water, and you need a dish that won't dump. And if you're leaving pets, they need shade at all times of day, and water that won't get too hot, and water that won't get dumped. So you might have to do extra water, or you might have to lock water by anchoring something in the wall, hardware pieces, and then having a hook that anchors the the stem of the bucket. You know, there are different ways to anchor the water so they can't dump it out completely. So they're not left without water. But that's really important this time of year. And um, black animals are especially susceptible to the heat and the sun. So make sure you really watch out with them. And older animals. If you've got anybody older, elderly, or puppies or kittens, they, their thermostats don't work like normal dogs and cats. The elderly dogs and cats just 
they just can't regulate their body temperature the same way. So with those dogs, you don't want to be taking them for runs in the middle of the day in hot weather. You want to be skipping it all together most of the time. They will have heart attacks and strokes. So you got to really, really watch the heat in older dogs. And I would say just leave them at home. Go for a nice warm-up walk in the morning and a nice warm-down walk in the evening and let them stay behind for the run of the day. And that's true for cycling and rollerblading. This is not good for animals in hot weather. They wouldn't choose it. Now, they they seem to choose it because they want to go with you and they love you. And because it's so much fun in cooler weather, they think it'll be fun now too. But don't mistake loyalty for desire for the same sport as you. They'd go with you anywhere. <laughs> and they'd probably rather go with you to a, on a shady walk in the woods than they would a hot run on hot pavement. So watch out for that. Always touch the pavement before you expect your dog to walk in bare feet on it. If it's too hot, let him walk on the grass or don't make him walk there at all. Make sure your tags are really easy to read when you're going on vacation with your dogs. Big, bold writing with their name. So from a distance, people know this is not a stray. This is an own dog. And make sure that there's good ID on it, a cell phone that you're actually using and have charged, not your mother's old address from three years ago (laughs) and the old rabies tag that's expired. That's not going to help your pet in an emergency. Also, keep Keep the information that you need with you. If you know where you're going to be traveling, get the vet information for that area ahead of time. Keep your own with you. Have your certificates. Even if you're not crossing a border, have it with you. So if something goes wrong with your pet, you got everything right there in a file, right there. Be smart about it. Your first aid kit can be easily supplemented to work for pets. Add extra supplies of almost everything. Figure out with your vet what kind of anti-allergy remedy you should have. It's probably going to be a a Benadryl type thing and a certain dose of it will be right for your pet to keep with you. It might be a chlorotriplon depending on your pet and your vet. But there'll be an over-the-counter med you can keep in case of a bee sting, in case of a reaction and know your pet's weight when you ask the dose and the pet stage too. So, and don't do the math. Don't figure out somebody else's dose and say, okay, well, their dog's 90 pounds, my dog's 10 pounds, so uh, 10% would work. Not necessarily. The numbers don't necessarily translate. It's weight and age and size and type of pet. So your vet really has to give you that dose. But once you've got it, you've got it. And you can keep it with you in case of an emergency. Then add a magazine, a muzzle, and a blanket. The magazine, you can roll it up and use it as a splint if you need it. The muzzle is because any pet, no matter how loving, might bite when injured. So you want to have a muzzle with you. And the blanket is because most pets, even a big mastiff with a bunch of people, can be carried in a blanket like a stretcher. And if your pet really gets an injury, you don't want to be lifting him in your arms, even if he's little. You want him to not be jostled and move too much. So those would be my recommendations for what to pack. Now, while you're traveling, make sure cats are really secured. They're not escaping. Lock cages so kids can't fool around and tamper with them if you make any stops. They might have a good intention, like to pet the kitty, but the kitty could escape. So make sure that nothing can go wrong that way. And then um, ahead of time, you might want to take a few trips with your cats in the little cage so they get used to it. You might want to feed them in there and leave special things in there so they get used to it ahead of time. And the same for dogs if they don't like car trips, but most dogs do. When you do stop, no matter how well-trained your dog is, keep it on leash. And make sure a grown-up is at the other end of that leash because there's something deadly in antifreeze. And if there's a puddle of it on the driveway or on the pavement, even a teaspoon of it, even half evaporated, even that you don't see that's from the last person who drove off because their antifreeze was leaking, if your dog or cat licks that, they can die. So don't even chance it. Make sure you've got plenty of water and keep them 
leashed when you're at the gas station. Now, this all sounds so gloom and doom, but I want you all to have a great summer and a happy summer and play a lot with your pets and enjoy them as much as you can. And if you're going to go to dog parks, one thing you might want to keep in mind is some dog park safety rules. Just, just some hints. When you're at the dog park, stay alert. It's not a good place to stand in the middle and get on your cell phone with your mocha. I'm totally guilty of this, by the way. And, and get completely immersed in a conversation because as soon as you do that, some scrum of happy dogs is going to come up behind you and knock your knees out and send you flying, much to the amusement of everyone else there who's in the anti-coffee club. But there you'll be, a mess. So um, maintain loose knees is important. Don't lock your knees because if they do jostle you, you want to be able to move with it, not be falling over. Stay away from the entrance. Once you get inside the dog park, you don't want to be at the entrance. The entrance is where they size each other up and they do all their posturing and their politicking. It's where all the tension is. Oh, get out of there. (laughs) Get well away from there. Head toward the perimeter, okay? I mean, when you're in the entrance, you have to deal with it. You have to go slowly and politely and show the respect for the dogs who come rushing up to meet you. I mean, you can't force your dog to face it too quickly, but you can tell him to heal and gently and calmly and firmly walk to the perimeter. Most of the dogs will lose interest in him then anyway, and he can greet them later more slowly and and less en masse. So that's some safety tips for the dog park, and I guess... I guess we're running out of time today. This party was so fast. Oh, I wanted to give a heads up, a kudos to uh, a good dog, good dog, to a police dog. I just wanted to point out, sometimes people think that money is wasted on animals in service. And this is yet again an example of the police dog getting the job done when there's no way a human would have. So these police go to investigate this crime. They go to investigate what they think is an illegal grow-up on an acreage, which happens to be near me. And they go there in a neighborhood near mine in the country. So it's really, you, know, you would never suspect this. And um, just a stone's throw from a school where kids go by all the time. Okay, so the police go to investigate, and they would have just looked for the grow-up. They would have just looked for signs of that. But they had a police dog with them, and when a police dog's working, he's working on all cylinders. He's using his brain. He's looking for everything he's ever been taught to look for, whether they've asked him to or not. And so he found a dead body. That's what he found. And so he tipped the police off, and now a much larger crime is being investigated, and a much more important side of justice is going to be delivered, thanks to the police dog who was working, 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 working with everything he knew how to use at all times. Another good story is back in the spring in Arizona, a six-year-old outdoorsy grandma was was hiking, and she fell, and she ended up in the river, and um, she said it was like jumping into ice cubes. I was terrified, disoriented from banging my head on a rock and rolling and tumbling in the current. I was swept to the opposite bank. I managed to haul myself up, but then I slipped, and I was sliding back into the thundering river. Okay, and just then, dum-da-da-dum, swimming alongside her was her Akita Lakota, who hates the water, says Carol. So she grabbed onto his thick fur and he pulled her out of the river. And then they got out of the river and they got into the the wetlands and the drylands and he kept pulling and kept pulling. She collapsed. It started to snow. She wanted to lay down and go to sleep. The dog wouldn't let her. He pulled her all the way to safety. So we talked about, you know, giving to them and that they're not so unconditional. But the thing is, when you give them what they need, and they don't demand much, our pets, when you give them what they need, they give back so much more. They give back tenfold. So that was a great summer story this year to end on with 
A nice rescue. If your dog falls in the water, don't try to jump in after it. Go downstream and call it out. And when you open up the cottage or the cabin for the first time, or if you're renting a place you've never been to, it's really important to check on the toilets and the sinks and the water because sometimes they put chemicals in there to keep it, well, you'll, it doesn't matter. Just flush it, flush it, flush it before your dog runs in there and drinks it, before your cat gets toxic. And the same is true for poisons. Go through carefully. Before your kids and your animals get to explore a place, make sure you get all the ant traps and slug baits and all the things that could be there waiting for them. And then you'll have a safe trip. So if you like to go surfing, you might not want to wear a black and white suit. Okay? That's the first thing. Because they've done a study in Florida, just, uh, just a little ways away from Daytona Beach, in a place known for the shark attacks. It's the shark attack capital of the world. And they, uh, they studied it. It's called Volusia County. And they studied when the attacks occur. And what they found is the most likely time to get attacked by a shark, if you're a human, is August. Now, that's partly because in August there's more people in the water, so kind of take that with a grain of salt. But the other thing they found is that the most common time for sharks to attack people is during new moons. And the second most common is during full moons. Now, it must have something to do with the tides, because that's when there's the biggest pull. They don't really know what or why, but I know if I was a surfer, especially (laughs) at that beach, (laughs) I would be avoiding new moons, full moons, and maybe August all together. All right, everybody, stay safe and be good to your animals. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.